How I Became a Spy, Chapter 29. Hold on a minute, I told David and Eleanor as we left the flat. I handed Eleanor LR's lead and walked over to the reception desk, where George Morton was on duty. Uh, George, I just want to say, I began, well, I'm glad you were there last night to help Mr. Humphrey. George waved a hand, all in the line of duty. He's quite a character, isn't he? He is. Also, can I ask, do you still have yesterday's newspaper? George sighed. I was just about to catch up on the sports news. I only need the personals. The personals? He raised an eyebrow. Whatever for? I struggled to come up with a reason. Then, a real one popped into my head. My brother Will is coming back to London to live. I want to... to find an old bicycle for sale. It might take him a while to learn, but I'll help him. He grunted, dug out the right page, and pushed it toward me. Here you go. As I turned to leave, George called me back. He lowered his voice so David and Eleanor couldn't hear. I have an old chum, a veteran of Dunkirk, who I'd like Will to meet. Once your brother's back, how about we have an outing? We'll treat you to tea at the big lion's corner house on Coventry. I opened my mouth to say thank you, but George waved me off. Go on then, Bertie. Your friends are waiting. We stepped outside and we were instantly enveloped by a thick, stinky gray fog. I shivered in my old jacket and pulled my cap down low. Bertie, I'm bursting to know what's going on, exclaimed Eleanor. Let me check something first, I told David and Eleanor. The dense fog made it hard to read the tiny newspaper print, but it didn't take long to find what I wanted. I folded the newspaper and stuffed it into my pocket along with the last section of Violet's journal. I was right, let's go. Hopefully we can find our way in there in this pea soup. We might have to wait until we get there for me to read you what I decoded. David groaned, pulling his cap down lower against the damp, thick mist. I'm as impatient as Eleanor. At least tell us where you're headed. I turned to David. You're the real Sherlock expert here. What do you observe? David's eyes, dark eyes narrowed. Well, let's see. We're headed south on Lexington Street, which isn't the way to the command post. And that newspaper must mean something. Oh, wait, I know, Eleanor cried. You discovered something related to Violet's trap. She stopped and pulled us both into a doorway. I'm not going any farther until you read us the message and tell us what's going on. Relenting, I took the sheet of newspaper and another folded piece of paper from my pocket. LR plopped down on my shoes, panting. I'll read her report first, and then you'll know why we got the newspaper. My name is Violet Romy. I am an SOE agent. My network in France has been exposed. This is my report. This notebook contains evidence that I served loyally as an agent in the Sycamore Network. It also points to evidence that a traitor in London has been working with the Nazis to aid their cause and send British agents into the hands of the enemy. Under the instruction of my network leader, Maurice, I used our remaining funds to escape from France and return to London secretly. I do not know the real name or description of the double agent in the SOE network, but Maurice did reveal to me that he went by the code name Traveler. In the next few days, I plan to lay a trap to draw Traveler into the open so that I may be at least be able to identify him and convince officials in charge of the coming invasion to question and remove him. 
I will use methods I learned for communicating in emergencies, along with my SOE codename, to attempt to trap him. In the event that things do not go as planned, I am placing this notebook in trusted hands for safekeeping, and I hope that it can be decoded and used to prosecute the traitor whose actions threaten all of us. Violet Romy. There was silence when I finished. Eleanor shook her head. So now what? I'm not sure I understand how you figured out her trap. Remember when Violet was learning about different types of coded messages? I didn't wait for an answer, but barreled on. Well, one way to communicate in an emergency is to place a personal notice. David snapped his fingers. And she says she planned to draw Traveler out using her own code name. And we know that that's Book. Exactly. And, I added triumphantly, that just happens to match one of yesterday's personal notices in the newspaper. Eleanor put her mittened hands to her cheeks. Oh, wow. I think she probably placed the notice in the paper on Friday, Eleanor, I went on, unfolding the newspaper. She probably had it run for several days, just to be sure he could, he con her contact saw it. David leaned over my shoulder. Show us. I ran my hand down the column of the newspaper ads. I guessed it would be in the lost and found section, and it was. Eleanor and David bent their heads over the newspaper. I put my finger on the spot, and David read the notice aloud. If a traveler is searching for a lost book, Nelson will have it on Thursday, five o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I don't get it, Eleanor said. Traveler is the double agent, and book is Violet, but what is Nelson? It took me a few minutes to figure that out, I admitted. But my dad's always telling me about plaques and statues in London and... Nelson's column! David thumped me on the back. That has to be it. The secret word for this, um, this chapter is going to be newspaper. Newspaper. Eleanor looked at us blankly. Come on, tell me. Have you ever been to Trafalgar Square near the National Gallery? I asked her. Well, the major landmark there is Nelson's column. You can't miss it. It's a tall column with a statue on top, and on the bottom is a big granite base. It honors a famous Navy hero, Admiral Horatio Nelson. If only Mr. Turner could hear you now, Bertie, David teased. Ignoring him, I kept on. So it seems pretty clear. This is how Violet is trying to lure out the traitor. It took her weeks to reach London, England. So now she, the SOE realizes, Hold on, sorry. It took her weeks to reach England, so by now, the SOE realizes it's missing an agent. She thinks Traveler will come looking for her, perhaps to find out what she knows and how much of a threat that she might be to him. Eleanor frowned. But, but how will we know who he is if Violet doesn't show up herself? We might not, unless it's Leo Marx, I admitted. But I do have another idea to get him to identify himself. I reached into my knapsack and pulled out a book. Eleanor, I think you should pretend to be Violet. Me? She exclaimed. But how? I'm not nearly as tall. I handed her the book. No, but if you sit on the steps at the base of Nelson's column, the traitor might come close enough to get a good look. He, or she, might want to be sure you're not Violet. We can get a description, and once we find Violet, we can tell her. Hopefully she'll know who it was. I knew there were several problems with my plan. For one thing, we had no idea how to find Violet. Or maybe the traitor had already seized her and no one would show up. But it wouldn't do any good to jump ahead, one step at a time.
Brilliant, and this fog will help us, added David. The person will have to get pretty close to tell if you're violet or not. And don't worry, Eleanor, I, I assured her. David and I will be nearby. If anything happens, we'll all run. Eleanor nodded, drawing in a deep breath. I'll do it. Let's go, I said. It's almost time for our rendezvous with Traveler.